Tell me the truth. Is it uh, true that your dad has a ringside seat but didn't get you guys ringside seats? That is true, but it's because of his YouTube channel, okay? It's his YouTube, okay? Her dad's an influencer. Let him go, guys. so much, Claire. High five. Yeah! Can you believe that there are some people in this world that did not tune in to the Alliance Vlog Podcast? Shame on you! Shame on you! My name is Ella Indy and I'm one half of the NWA Women's World Tag Team Champions. And I'm Kizzy Page, the other half of the NWA World Women's Tag Team Champions. And you better go listen to the Alliance Vlog, what is it called? Podcast! Period! You're ugly! Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Podcasting out of Alliance Wrestling Studios, pontificating on pro wrestling, the innovator of talk NWA, he is Jay Cow. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the sessions with Jay Cow. I have somebody who I've been really looking forward to speaking to for quite some time, and that's Wrecking Ball Ligurski, guys. Wrecking Ball Ligurski, Victor's Rule. Hey, I got to do that with you. That's awesome. Hey, man. So it's, it's, you're, again, you're somebody who I've wanted to talk to for quite some time. Uh, you and your partner, Jay Bradley, showed up on the scene uh, with the National Wrestling Alliance and just kind of, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what the original plan was for you guys, but it seems like uh, the fans really took to both you and Bradley right away and and i'm not trying to ask i'm not asking you to tell me how awesome you are but was that the plan did you think that the fans were going to jump in on that fixers bandwagon as quickly as they did uh we didn't know what to expect i mean all we knew we were we were going to go there kick ass take names um you know some people love us some people hate us but i think everyone has a reaction to us what did it mean for you uh well first of all how did you guys get paired together? Was that was was that some something that the office came up with, or did someone uh, someone pick you guys, or, or how did how did the rec- how did the fixers get together? Um. So uh, Jay was um, Jay had previously worked with uh, Billy before with Impact, and uh, there's another uh, independent in Chicago. I forgot the name of it. It was like Rev Pro or something. Um, yeah. Uh, Jay had wanted to come back to wrestling. He, um, uh, he asked uh, Billy if there was any opportunities. He said only for a tag team and to find a tag team partner. Um, I had met Jay online only um, during the pandemic. Um, he was part of this uh, online um, uh training forum during the pandemic called snake bit pro it was run by uh sin Bodhi, uh okay. who was kazarni in the wwe and basically they would have different people do you know film review of like you know historical wwe matches or whatever historical wrestling matches and then they would also review different wrestler stuff uh I met Jay through that. He did a seminar on how to wrestle like a big man or whatever. I sent him some of my stuff. Um, and then, like, you know, we kept in contact for that. Then, like, you know, uh, we went a while for without talking, and then he hit me up out of nowhere saying he needed a tag team partner, and boom, there we go, um, you know. Right up, right from Jump Street, the first thing he said, so I got to the hotel before he did when we uh, met, um, 
open, I hear him knocking. I open up the door. He goes, huh, I thought you were going to be bigger. <laughs> and then he was being sarcastic because sure. I'm obviously bigger than him. But, uh, yeah. And I, I think we gelled right away. So it sounds like it, it kind of happened pretty organically, the, the pairing. And and like you said, you guys do gel in the ring right away. I mean, we we were introduced to you guys initially as, you know, a Crino's, you know, flunkies, if you will, his hitmen, if if you will, mm-hmm. his fixers. But uh though you guys really have uh transitioned from that role as to a real competitive tag team. So much so that during the Crockett Cup, I was I was one of the guys advocating that uh you guys would be winning the Crockett Cup. And I I mean getting that big victory over or uh, over the um uh, OGK was a big step in that process. Unfortunately, it didn't come to fruition. But uh, tell us about the Crockett Cup and, and how that got, uh, how you two um, were able to get into that uh, that tournament in advance. Well, um, we had wrestled the OGK before, actually in our debut. So we bit we beat the uh, LB Gotten. And um, that and our debut, then later that night, we wrestled the OGK. We lost, but we were able to take whatever lessons, you know, we learned when we lost the first time around. We brought them back to the second time around and, you know, fix his rule. <laughs> now, you spent a lot of time wrestling on the Northeast. Uh, I know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we were talking offline about, uh, not a lot of people would know this, but um, one of the promotions uh, before Billy Corgan purchased the NWA was NWA on Fire, and you actually made a few appearances for them. Tell me a little bit about the wrecking ball that that uh, works in the Northeast, and how different is he from the wrecking ball that we see uh, on Saturdays and Tuesdays uh, for the NWA? Um, there a lot of similarities. Um, the biggest difference is I, I think I uh, think I have more fun with Jed. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I definitely do. Uh, my wrestling style is pretty pretty much the same, but the uh, antics and the hijinks and the goofing off are definitely a lot more with Jay around. Kind of brings that out with me. <laughs> Who's, whose idea was it for the cereal? Um... I don't know because we were talking. Uh, we we're just talking about different ideas, and you know how like if you win the Stanley Cup, like people like drink alcohol and stuff out of it. Right. So we're big, we're big guys. We like to eat, so we're like, "What the hell? We'll eat cereal out of it." <laughs> All right, what's your favorite cereal? Cookie Crisp. Come on, man. See, probably Cookie Crisp, then I'm Reese's Puffs. See, Reese's Puffs are good. I'm a Fruity Pebbles guy. No. I like chocolate pebbles, uh, cocoa pebbles better. Cocoa pebbles. You like gluten-free. Gluten-free? Pebbles are gluten-free. Come on. Because they're rice. They're gluten-free. A little bit bit healthier for you. A little bit. Gluten's a myth. All right. All right. (laughs) Uh, So so let's let's talk a little bit more about... uh, the wrecking ball character. Um, obviously, you're a big dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't be call yourself the wrecking ball without being a big dude. Uh, at what point in your life did you say, you know what? I, I think I've got the skills. I think I can become a pro wrestler. What? Uh, when, when were you old enough or cognitive enough to know that you wanted to be a pro wrestler? I kind of wanted to be one my entire life. I was like, I mean, I didn't stay wanting it my entire life, you know, like I, I watched it, you know, when I was in elementary school and, and was a fan for years watching the Attitude Era and I was kind of like in and out and in and out and then, you know, my love for wrestling was rekindled in college. Um, once I finished my um, college football career, um, there was a training school in the town that I actually lived in. So I was like, I got to do it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you were playing the D line, right? Were you a offensive line? Offensive so, line. Yeah. Were you a guard? Yes. 
So I play in high school. I played offensive tackle, and then in college, I played guard. Did you pull? Did they have you pull a lot? Because I just imagine you would truck people. They did. They did. But I, I just honestly more than pulling, I just like I like drive blocking people. There was nothing <laughs> better than driving someone five yards back and then putting them on their back. <laughs> well, I, I think I would have that play with uh, giving you a full uh, the the the. Uh, fullback position and let you just crush people right up the gap, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I would have loved to play fullback. I, I was a little too big for fullback though. <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh I, I played high school football too and I'm a hell of a lot smaller than you. I was the Rudy of my high school team. So like <laughs> I'd get the junk minutes at the end of the game and I would, you know, I'd I'd come in and play when the other team was already beaten. So I would just get yeah, the yeah. it was fun. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so the transition from football to to wrestling. Now, did you do any like amateur wrestling beforehand, or or did you? Yeah, I high yeah, I wrestled in high school. Yeah, were you wrestling? Yeah, at heavyweight? Was, the yes, heavyweight. Yeah, it was two seventy five my first three years, and they bumped up the weight limit to uh, two eighty five. Which, wow. yeah, I was like a hundred over a hundred pounds ago. Oops. <laughs> no, I. I I, I wrestled at uh, I wrestled at uh, what was it? Uh, I was ready to go at one fifty five, one fifty six, but I wrestled because we had a lot of guys that were really good at my school. I ended up wrestling like that one eighty nine heavy. Like for us, that was like the mid heavy, and I'd yeah, wrestle yeah. one eighty nine and I'd get crushed by guys because I'm only I only weighed like one fifty five, one fifty six. I go <laughs> with my gear and my bag on and it think all right, we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you have to, like, there's only a certain amount of classes you can bump up based off of your, like, weight. So, like, some people sometimes have to kind of fudge the numbers like <laughs> That's that. <what> we did. <laughs> That's what we did. Did, you, uh, did you have any aspirations to do wrestling outside of high school? Like, uh, like did that something you wanted to do in college or strictly just football? Um, there was a time where I thought about it, but for me, it, it was football. Did you did you have aspirations of like an NFL career? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to. Um, I played at a Division two school in Connecticut, Southern Connecticut State. Um, yeah, I got I got um, I got hurt a lot in college. Like I had a few foot surgeries. I'm fine now, and I, um, you know, there was no like long lasting effects or anything. It's just that. Uh, I broke bones in my feet a couple times, but, uh, you know, like with college football, there's only a limited amount of time you have. So, you know, those injuries, you know, came throughout the career and just like, like, you know, I was a starter and I was pretty good when I, uh, when I played, but, you know, my career was a very, uh, injury plagued. That's tough. Cause it's like, the 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 heart wants to do it, the mind wants to do it, but the body's just not holding up. That's that's rough, man. I, I yeah. I had a, a lot of buddies uh, that I went to school with. Uh, you know, a lot of them got full rides. A lot of them went to like uh, I had a buddy that went to USC. Had another buddy oh, wow. that went to Mexico State, New Mexico State. But uh, you know, they were just never they they were never going to make that next level um, to the NFL just because they just they just couldn't hold up, you know. Um, yeah, no, it's and people just don't get like college football at any level is a business. You know what I mean? It's it's a full time thing, and you know it runs you into the ground. Did that? Did did dealing with uh, football in college and in high school? Did that mentally prepare you for what you'd be facing when it came to pro wrestling? Oh, absolutely. And I do think, uh, like, part of me wishes I got to, um, w wishes I started wrestling training sooner. Uh, I only started at 24. But at the same time, part of me is like, I made a lot of the mis like, a lot of mistakes in my college football career that might have buried my wrestling career you know what i mean just just with maturity and growing up because a lot of times if you get a reputation in wrestling 
it's hard to overcome that yeah. reputation or to, a, you know, to change that reputation. There's a lot of people that I've, I, I've known throughout the years who, you know, said the wrong thing to the wrong person and, and essentially have been blackballed, you know, and decent talents, uh, interesting looks, but like, nope, we're not going to use you anymore because you, you're cancer in the locker room. Bye. And it's, yeah. it, it's simple as that. Um, so, I have conflicting reports, and I, I'm sure you'll be oh. honest with me. I've heard some people say that you are a graduate of the Team 3D Academy, and I've heard other people say that you uh, were trained by the OGK, Matt Taven, and and uh, and and uh, why am I forgetting his name? I actually really like Mike him. Bennett. Mike Bennett, thank you. So both are true. So I trained at several places. Um, so the initial place I was talking about was in New Haven, Connecticut. The trainer shall remain nameless. Understood. Uh, he, you know, the first trainer was okay, like in, as far as like certain fundamentals and whatnot, and how to do certain roles. And then um, I trained with the OGK, and uh, Vincent was there. He was uh, he was uh, in Ring of Honor. Um, as well. Um, yeah, and then I trained there for a couple of years. Um, it was like a two-hour ride for me to get there because I lived in Connecticut. The school was in Rhode Island. It was like wow. a two-hour ride. So, yeah, I trained with them for like two years and then had a little time off uh, in between um, and then uh, trained with uh, Bubba Ray Dudley for like three years. Uh, and everyone, you know, at different points of my career added something valuable. Like the first guy, like, again, like learning different roles and, um, you know, agility things is very helpful. The OGK, you know, um, Matt Taven was great. He was, he was the one that was primarily there. He was great on like, you know, he, he was trained actually by Spike Dudley. He's very much like, understanding of, you know, old school psychology, but it's also, you know, a different time, you know, right. like at the time it was 2019 and 2022, but it's like, he understands the old school background with the new school stuff. He was great with like developing like fire and character. Uh, Vincent um, was, was extremely great on character d development, like, like, how would Wrecking Ball react in this situation? How would Wrecking Ball talk? How would he walk? How would he register this? And, like, that's that's very important because there's so many people, you know, like, coming up on the indies and whatnot. And you even see it on national companies as well. Yeah. Their character, like, doesn't make sense. Like... This is true. It's like, like... You know, if you hear my uh, song on the Indies, like it literally has a wrecking ball chant, but like figuratively, my song says wrecking ball. I walk like a wrecking ball. I talk like a wrecking ball. I wrestle like a wrecking ball. So many people do things that just don't make sense. There's like a, you know, huge discrepancies in their character. It's like, how how do you not see this? And that's, that's, that's like one of the most important things. Um, you know, Mike Bennett was great on like not having to always follow, you know, whatever wrestling cliches, you know, just sure. try something, just think outside of the box, whether it's like, whether it's in the ring or outside of the ring and do what works for you. And Bubba was just, just, you know, tremendous on uh, psychology and just, yeah, ring psychology. Like he, he's, he's, the, he's the best with that. He's a absolute mastermind. Is it so, fun yeah. having him, is it fun having him in the locker room at the NWA shows as of late? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, yeah. still, uh, you still bend on his ear and ask for advice? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, he's he's one of the uh, legends in the business. 
You know, he's, a, he's, he's, he's literally a Hall of Famer. Any, like the entire lot. Go ahead. No, it's just, you know, there's lots of people that are asking nice for in the locker room. Would, uh, would you have any desire for uh, you and Jay to take uh, take on Bully and uh, perhaps... Uh, Hell yeah. That, Hell I, yeah. I've said, rule. I've said a couple of times, there's like three tag teams I think need to be in the Crockett Cup if they're available. And I, if the Dudleys are available, I mean, you got to go with them, right? Yeah. And the Dudleys or the Fixers would beat the Dudleys because the Fixers rule. <laughs> So where did okay? So you you were saying it like you think like a wrecking ball, you talk like a wrecking ball, you wrestle like a wrecking ball. So you are the wrecking ball, and there's no doubt about yeah. it. What other wrestlers um, inspired you? Like who who did you kind of model yourself after? Obviously, you have a, a very unique size and shape. There's not everyone in the ring now that's six six, and you know. I, I don't know the exact weight, so please don't uh, please don't get mad at me. But well over four hundred. Okay. Yeah, no. You know, like I study a lot of, uh, you know, like Bam Bam Bigelow, Mark Henry. Uh, like growing up, I was like a Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin type of fan. And like when I was in elementary school, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> nope. And then. Uh, you know, as as I became a wrestler, like I started, you know, watching more of the Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader, Mark Henry, um, and lately I've been watching more of uh, like Earthquake. Uh, okay. I've gotten a lot of uh, yeah King Kong Bundy comparisons. I watch a lot of him. Yeah. You know- the, the first guy that I thought of was, was Bam Bam because I, I've seen you move around the ring and you're not, yes, you are a heavyweight. I mean, you maybe even super heavyweight, but you don't move around the ring like some other super heavyweights that I've seen. You're, 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 you have mobility. You know what I mean? Like there's some guys that they can't do what you're doing in that ring. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not no. saying any names either, but you know what I'm talking about. There's guys yeah. out there that just can't move like you. And you're and you're freaking super heavyweight. Yeah, no, I mean, I I take pride in being able to move. Um, you know, like I I still like do agility drills. I still like, you know, I I do what I can to stay mobile. I stay active. I do a lot of training, a lot of agility, a lot of stretching. You know, it's 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 very important. Um, you know, I try to, like, obviously I'm not thin, but I try to keep my weight in check as much as possible because, you know, if it gets a little too heavy, I don't move quite as well, you know what I mean? Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Plus, like, uh, it, it's just good for your, you know, your overall, you, you, you get too yeah. heavy and that's hard on your on your joints, it's hard on your back. You got to you gotta find that good balance. Oh, absolutely. Um. So then, so Bam Bam, Mark Henry, Vader, that's an interesting one too, man, because I would love to see you just start tearing into somebody in the corner like Vader does, man. Any yeah. chance you, you can pull that out at some point, just start going to – Absolutely. Let's see that. Absolutely. <laughs> Where So, like, you've wrestled in the Northeast. Uh, I know that you've wrestled for uh, NEW quite a bit. Um, I, I know that you are uh, – kind of bouncing around in the Northeast. What, what, what specific promotions do you work for or would you call home? Yeah. I mean, obviously number one, NWA, but uh, number two, uh, Northeast wrestling there um, where I came up and I, I still wrestle there. I came up there. Um, you know, I've been loyal to them. They've been loyal to me. Um you know, so they run different types of shows. Like they run, you know, they run, you know, like the big high school shows. They run the, um, they'll do like minor league baseball stadium shows. And they also do the smaller shows, which are, you know, like 300 people. And one those, uh, they're in Bethany, Connecticut. 
that's like 15 literally 15 minutes from my house which is that's got to be beautiful cool yeah sleep in your own bed and all that good stuff oh absolutely and sometimes those little bethany shows have more like and it's not this is a positive of the bigger of the bethany shows not a knock on the the bigger shows but some of the smaller bethany shows have more energy than those bigger shows you know like everyone like you know pretty much goes to the shows every month they know the storylines are invested in the characters so and plus the smaller buildings sometimes it's the sound echoes and bounces off the walls more when you were when you were getting into wrestling and i'm sorry i kind of bounced back a little bit but it just popped into my head because i i know just just when you were training i know sometimes it's difficult because you're very unique in terms of your size especially on the indies there's not a lot of guys who are built like you i mean it's where i'm from we're kind of like the land of the little guys we, we, we it almost feels like we're a bunch of junior heavyweights out in southern california so all the guys that are wrestling and training you know most of them wouldn't be a heavyweight anywhere you know what i mean and, and i imagine yeah. that that's something that you would run into as being as big as you are. Again, you're six foot six, right? Am I correct on that? Yeah. Six, four, six, six. Something like that. We'll, we'll, call, it, we'll, call, it, <laughs> yeah. we'll call it six, four, six, four, 400 plus. Uh, there's yeah. not a whole lot of guys on the independent circuit that, that fit that bill. Was it hard for you to train with guys who didn't have the same size as you? Um. No, uh, yes and no. Um, you know, that got like that also got me used to wrestling people. Um, because most of the people aren't my size anyway, so I got to train the people. Um, I with people that size that I was gonna wrestle anyway, but it also led, led me to do, um, to do things that got me out of my comfort zone. Okay. Like I would try to do like certain drills and moves and stuff that, you know, I don't necessarily do them all in the NWA or anything. Right. But I have them in the back pocket. I have, I could, there's certain things that I could do that someone my size should like physically shouldn't be able to do, but I could do. And it's because, I was able to get outside of my comfort zone and you know again i haven't necessarily used them yet but i have them in my back pocket if i need them if the time comes if the situation comes i have some moves that the old wrecking ball could pull out that you wouldn't expect that i could the stakes are high enough right yeah so i would imagine that when you broke into wrestling that winning a major championship was probably like on the top of the list of, of goals that you had probably set for yourself. But what other goals did you have uh, when you got into pro wrestling? Like, I mean, sure. Everyone wants to make money. Everyone wants mm-hmm. to get signed to a contract, but what, what goals did you have for your career in pro wrestling and, and how, how close or, or have you checked a lot of those off? Well, I mean, honestly, though, I, those first two things uh, were the most important goals. Um, I, I don't have a contract yet, but, you know, I've been making more and more money. And, um, you know, I'm booked every weekend. I get to see the country and I've, you know, wrestled and, and a lot of times beaten, you know, top wrestling talent in the world. You know, we beat the OGK. Um, I've beaten Jack Swagger before. Um, you know, I've teamed with Bubba Ray Dudley. I've teamed with Tommy Dreamer. Um, I've wrestled Darby Allen. You know, it's. Um, I've, you know, I've wrestled a lot of the top talent, done a lot of places. And, um, I think my stock is only rising. You said that you grew up watching the uh, Attitude Era. So how was it when you got to team with guys like uh, Tommy Dreamer and, like you said, your 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 mentor, uh, Bully Ray? How was it teaming with those guys? It was 
it was insane. Um, you know, I think Tommy Dreamer was one of the first names I got to really work with, which is great. And then, uh, you know, that was a smaller show in front of like maybe like three, four hundred people. And then Bully Ray, tagging with Bully Ray in front of 1,500 people after I trained with him for a year or two was absolutely nuts. It was at one of the bigger uh, NEW shows. It was nuts. And then uh, I got to put someone through a table with Bully Ray hold, holding him down. It was nuts. That's that's awesome, you know, man. It's just, it's just an amazing experience with amazing moments. And it's like... Obviously, the contract and the money are huge goals, but that's also something you really can't replace, those moments and those memories. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Like, uh, I think, like, yes, everything else is super important, but those moments, man, I mean, that's that's the spice of life right there. Like, having mm-hmm. that opportunity to team with Bully or Tommy or, you know, just, you know, hoisting those U.S. Tag Team Championships up in the air, I mean, those are things that you're going to take to your grave and, you know, hopefully share them with your kids and, and, and the grandkids and so forth. But, I mean, that's really that's really freaking cool. As, as, a, as, so, as a fan who's watching from the outside, I 100% agree with you. It's, you know, soak in those moments because uh, that's one thing they'll never be able to take away from you, you know? Yeah, those U.S. tag titles, that was, you know, that was, that was a moment where I felt like, you know, I made it. When, you know, getting how soon did you know that you were going to win those titles? Did they? Did you know the night of? Did you know before? The fixers know they're always going to win. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, that opportunity, though, I mean, at the seventy fourth anniversary show, the the battle royal. I mean, I, I think a lot of us would have liked to have seen another tournament, but maybe two turn two big tag team tournaments in one year might have been too much. Uh, but of course, that tournament certainly favored you and Bradley. You guys are two of the biggest guys in the promotion, let alone in that ring during the the battle. I World. think honestly, we are the biggest tag team in professional wrestling. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone. I think we need to make. I think we need to make more of a point of that. Like, can you name one active tag team, both in terms terms of both height and weight, that is currently bigger than us right now? I think the only person that the only team that would come close, and it's because of one guy, is uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Strowman's that's a one big, guy. That's know, one guy, guy, though. But Ricochet, <laughs> obviously, one of the most incredible athletes in the world. He, he's like he's he's obviously a grown man, but he's not a big guy. Where yeah. both of the members are big guys. Where both of the guys are three hundred and above. Yeah, I think that I think that's you two. I think that's it. I don't, uh, you know, as I'm sitting here trying to think about it. No, I, I can't think of another team that's uh, as big as as, as Bradley and, and Ligurski, That's for sure. Yeah. Have uh, yeah. have you have you ever had any uh, opportunities that you've had to pass on uh, as as a you know working as a singles wrestler or uh, as a tag team? Like, has there been stuff that's come up that you're like, nah? It's too risky of a of a move for me to, to take, or have all the bookings been pretty legit and, and up on the up and up? Yeah, no, pretty much all the bookings have been uh, been legit. I've never, I think maybe one time earlier in my career, I, I had some issue with getting paid, but I've never had any real major drama or any major sketchiness or you know i'm sure there's things i've turned down or whatever but i don't know never never too much drama i mean there's been times where i've had to turn down stuff because of like scheduling issues where where i was booked already or whatever but nothing you know or you know Maybe a time or two where, you know, they, they wouldn't pay enough or whatever. You know, like earlier in your career, you know, sometimes you might take a little bit less, a little bit less, or sometimes you might not even get paid, or sometimes you got to be like, well, you got to balance out, okay, what is this experience giving me? 
is it a good pay? Is it a good learning experience? Is it a good opponent? Is it good? Is it a good networking opportunity? Those are things that you all got to, you know, uh, balance, especially early on. I mean, now, I mean, I definitely got to get paid what I got to get paid. But, uh, you know. Do you have do you have more fun wrestling as a tag team or wrestling as a singles? You know, each of them has their own benefits. But in terms of, like, pure fun fun, I have more fun tagging. Like, you know, you know, like, brother in wrestling is used a lot. But Jay really is, like, like my big brother. You know, and I, I think we almost have that. We, I don't know, I, f- I feel like it comes out on the screen and that, like, big brother, little brother relationship. You know, now that you say it, I, I get it. I, I always kind of thought of the um, the cartoon dogs, and I don't mean this to be insulting at all, but <laughs> the one that's okay. the boss and then the little one that's kind of bouncing around them. And yeah. not that you're little, but that's kind of the personality that I get is you're the guy bouncing around like, all right, boss, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah, yeah. Right. No, absolutely. And, and I, you know what? That I think that's kind of part of the reason why the, the fans got behind you guys so quickly is because the dynamic, the relationship that you guys have, um, the fact that you're both willing to be silly but also serious at the same time, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel like you guys ever put yourself in a bad situation or, or in a situation where you look bad. Do you, sometimes you guys look goofy though? Sure, but you never look bad. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, sometimes, you know, and you know, you know, being with Jay helps me get out of that comfort zone sometimes, and being able to put myself in sillier situations. But it's like, you know, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, like especially Kurt Angle did some silly stuff. <laughs> no, no, but no one would ever question that he's a badass dude. You know what I mean? No one would question Brock Lesnar is a badass dude. No. Just because you're tough or you think you're tough doesn't mean – you know, you can't have fun or you can't do something funny or something goofy because you could still, like, it's, you know, there's entertainment in this. It's, I, I love the pure wrestling aspect, but the sports and entertainment, you know? So I, I did, while we were talking, I looked up real quick because earlier we had mentioned the uh, NWA on fire and it, it shows back in August of, uh, of 2013, you wrestled Joseph Von Schmidt at the fairgrounds in Topson, Maine. You guys wrestled to a double countout. Does any of that sound familiar to you? Yes, I completely forgot about that match. Um, I just remember brawling in like the my only my only recollection is just brawling in the stands in that match. So in 2013, I mean, you were you had mentioned that you had been working with. Uh, with that's, like t- that's ten years ago. That's right. wild. So, what kind of wrestler were you in 2013? And I'm not trying to insult you in any way, but like, I imagine you've grown a lot since 2013. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think I was fine, um, but you know, a lot of similarities just. Uh, you know, same styles, you know, similar moves and attitude and gimmick and whatnot, but uh, just not as experienced, not as refined in the ring, just not as knowledgeable. Um, and my gear was a little bit different. So back <laughs> then, back in those days, I uh, had kind of a, a one-piece, like, uh, Dickie's, jumpsuit it was like oh, okay. a mecha- sleeveless mechanic jumpsuit I, i'm picturing it right now did you did you also have one of those uh beanies too like one of the hats and you no no beanie. the wrecking ball does not approve of beanie <laughs> <laughs> all right so then uh let's 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 go a little bit forward man this is a lot of fun i do appreciate you taking your time to talk to us yeah today. no problem uh, thanks for having me Absolutely. So we get to the NWA. Um, you guys show up. Uh, I guess it was uh, it was in 2021. 
Um, you guys, you guys, uh, you and, and, and Jay are the cronies for Colby Carino and, and Colby's, you know, he's the boss as it was, but you guys start getting in the ring. You're wrestling against, uh, like you said before, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, Neil Begotten. You're getting involved in the ring. Uh, hell, you even wrestled George South in an empty arena match. Tell me yeah. about <laughs> the first couple of uh, months uh, working with the NWA and, and how that experience was for you. You know, it was um, it was a dream come true, you know. Um, it was my first, you know, real opportunity at a big break, you know. Um, you know, I've had WWE tryouts. You know, I've had matches with Impact. Um, but NWA was the first real big break. It was the first opportunity where – there was something already there for me, you know, like a lot of times, like it's hard going to a tryout situation because they don't necessarily have something in mind for you. Whereas NWA, they had something or at least a general idea of what's going on. But, uh, you know, it was a very professional atmosphere. Um, you know, I was also a little nervous because that was my first shot. Because, you know, I I mean, I feel, I feel like everyone to a degree, like, at some point, like, I felt like I got lost in the shuffle for a while. Like, I felt like I kept getting pushed aside and you know, a lot of people from the Northeast, New England, who were deserving of the opportunities were getting opportunities, but I wasn't. And I just felt like, I don't know, I just got lost in the shuffle for some reason. And then NWA was my opportunity. And NWA, like we talked about earlier, was my home. And I, I felt like, you know, there was a lot of pressure, but at the same time, I fit right in. You know, the locker room was great. Backstage was great. Producers were great. You know. Were you a Smashing Pumpkins fan growing up? Yeah, in high school. There's uh, more, like, I didn't know the um, disco discography from, you know, front to back. But it was, I was more of a, a greatest hits guy. Sure, sure. So how... I, I tell people this all the time, and I kind of sound like a dick, and I'm not trying to, but like, I, I never was a big Pumpkins fan, so like, uh, I, I mean, I, it doesn't get lost on me that uh, you know I, I've got to talk to Billy Corgan, a huge freaking rock star. That doesn't get lost on me, but I've never been like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest musician ever because I'm, I'm I'm not a huge Pumpkins fan. But it, how is it, you know, talking to the boss and and and, and when you're around him, do you, do you, you kind of get caught up in like, holy shit, this dude's a rock star? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, it's, it's this weird dynamic where it's almost uh, an oxy, I don't know if it's oxymoron is the right word, but like sometimes it's like, wow, he's like, you know, he's just a real down to earth, easy to talk to you guy. On the other, other, the other end, it's like, Holy shit, you're, you're right. He's, he's a huge rock star, and I'm talking with him. He's my boss, and he's telling me what to do right now, you know? And what really, like, I uh, got to see him in concert um, oh, that's dope. a few months ago, and I got even more of an appreciation seeing sure. him in person. Like, I'm like I knew he was a good guitar player, right? Like, but seeing him shred in person, wow, that is completely different. I was I was just blown away. You know, it's just he's so talented, just absolutely shredding. You know, to to be able to shred and sing at the same time is just <laughs> amazing. I could barely walk and talk at the same time. So watching yeah. any of these guys with the guitar and being able to sing at the same time is something that's, uh, I, I, I couldn't even dream of that. It's just, uh, yeah, me, me, me either. Like, I, I don't even get how the brain processes that. 
<laughs> it was, but here he is, and, and I mean, he's been doing it for like, gosh, I think like close to thirty years now. So yeah, yeah, legend, of course. And and again, I I don't mean any disrespect towards him when it comes to the music, just not my particular cup of tea. But even as somebody who isn't, I wouldn't call myself a fan. I can totally appreciate the effort and energy and the ability that he has, and it's, it's yeah, no. And, just and, amazing. Just he's shred, absolutely shreds. And he, you know, he's living out the dream of a lot of us who, you know, we're 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 not wrestlers. We never will be pro wrestlers. But having this opportunity to take this legacy brand like the National Wrestling mm-hmm. Alliance and breathe life into it in a different way that it, it never mm-hmm. had before, and give opportunities to people like you and people like Jay Bradley, and and I think that's really cool. Like, uh, I don't always love some of the product but I, I i have all the respect in the world for billy for what he's been able to do for the nwa like i said I, we've been covering the national wrestling alliance since 2007 as a website alliance-wrestling.com we, we've been talking about the nwa for a very long time and I, I i gotta tell you there's been more people who are more aware of what the nwa is today than than it was in yesteryear which you know, there was a lot of great talents back in the day, too. But, I mean, you got to focus on what's happening now. And, uh, you know, that tag team division's growing. Uh, you know, now that you guys have uh, had a taste of championship gold, I mean, is, is the talk to circle back to those U.S. tag titles? I mean, I know I watched on Saturday. You guys took the physical belts back. I mean, what's the plan there? What, what, what are you going to do with those? Well, there are belts. They say fixers rule on them. They're red, white, and blue. They're American. We're American. Those are our belts. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? Aren't the country gentlemen American? I mean, they're 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 the country. Uh, is Tennessee really America? <laughs> what do you think about us over here in California, then, man? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> what about this uh this tour that's going to Mexico? The, the of course the um it's the uh uh the world is a vampire festival that's going to Mexico City. Are you disappointed that you're not going or is this one of those things like well we'll get it on the next one? Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I really, really would have liked to, but like that gives me motivation to continue to work hard and keep kicking ass. And you know, hopefully, we'll get it on the next one. And then, uh, of course, we know that the Chicago pay per view is coming up on April the seventh. Um, I'm hoping that you guys have something going on then. I mean, we saw you guys uh, unfortunately lose those titles uh, back on the 31st. Um, didn't get to see it at the pay-per-view, so I'm really hoping to see uh, some things unfold over the next few weeks on power because uh, I feel like uh, we, we've had a shortage of uh, of Ligursky and, and and Bradley for a while. Um, how does it feel? when? Because, I mean, I know that's all filmed in a few days, but how does it feel when you're sitting there and you're just kind of waiting for that uh, the next segment, the next moment that you get to be out in front of the cameras? How is that? Feel? Yeah. Well, I mean... You know, I mean, at the pay-per-view, you know, uh, as a fo- like, there's like basically being a football player sitting on the bench. I know. You know, I, know I, don't, I don't like sitting on the bench. Right. Um, right. So, you know, um, the tape, like, we were at the tapings the Sunday and the Monday, so there's going to be some fixtures coming up within the next few weeks. Uh, those are long days waiting for the tapings. Um you got weeks and weeks and weeks of tapings to do within a matter of a couple of days, two long days, but you know, um, they're good being able to interact with, uh, you know, the crew and the locker room and the roster, and, you know, just all, like, you know, there's a lot of like visualizing, you know, stretching, and listening to music and getting hyped, getting prepared and, is there a when you're in the back, like do a lot of the uh, producers and agents kind of come up to you and give you direction, or is it more like, so what do you what what's your vision for this match? Okay, go out and do it. Yeah, I know there's a general direction that's given, but you know it's uh, 
It's up to us. So that brings me, like, we, we talked about, uh, of course, the NWA. Again, that's our wheelhouse here at alliance-wrestling.com. Um, I think we talk about NWA more than anyone else that does out there. But uh, uh, you're also going to be um, working at an event, I believe it's March the 25th, for Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. Yes, sir. And, uh, how did that come about? Because, uh, you know, we, we've been singing your praise on our podcast for a while that, oh, those 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 fixers in the NWA, man, those guys are on onto something. Uh, I'm not saying that we had anything to do with getting you booked. Obviously, that's your hard work and stuff. But uh, you're going to be on the show on the, the excuse me the event on the 25th. How did that come about? Oh, uh, I know I messaged them, but I forget. I forgot exactly. It might have been through. I mean, I communicate through Twitter. I think. I think the page, the Twitter page commented something like fixers rule then i messaged them i was like hey do you have any uh upcoming dates available um i see that you're in new jersey i'm out of connecticut they're like whoa really like the uh the promoter didn't realize i was in connecticut it seems like it seems like he was a fan he knew of me um and was a you know NWA fan, Fixers fan, and he thought I lived in like Tennessee or something. I'm like, no, nah, I live in Connecticut. And then um, the show they had, I think I, I forgot when it was. Didn't have any openings, but this was the next show, and he booked me. And yeah, so just through uh, realizing that they were fans and sending a Twitter message asking if there's any availability. <laughs> so the yeah. old-fashioned way, just uh, put your name out. Slid into the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't work just for dates, uh, fellas. Um, so that's cool, man. Um, and and that's that is the March twenty-fifth show, right? Yeah. Well, that's that Rowan awesome. Uni- It's at Rowan University. But, oh, uh, okay. The Rowan I'm, is actually that's a different show. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Hold on, what's it? Yeah, February 23rd. I was just agreeing, yeah, yeah, March 25th, because I knew I had March 25th or something. But no, yeah, it's actually on Thursday, February Thursday. 23rd. Okay. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> that's the private event, and which, uh, yes. which again, that's only available for students of the Rowan University. But uh, I think last time they were able to put some of those matches up on YouTube, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to check out what you're doing there uh, from that Rowan show. Uh excuse me, Rowan event. I know the promoter, if you heard me say show, it punch me in the face. But um, yeah, it's an event. Well, you know, the, the I just have a few more questions to ask you, and these are more fanboy questions. Um, obviously, because of your size, because of your style of wrestling, um, it transcends more than just uh, wrestling in the United States. Has there, is there a thought for you, or is there a hope or aspiration to one day wrestle in Japan? Is that something? Oh, Absolutely. Um, I would love to wrestle in Japan. I, I think I would probably be bigger, like metaphorically bigger in Japan than I am in America. Yeah, and for for multiple reasons, because again, like your your stature, uh, I mean, you're a big guy. You're not just you're not you're not just big. You're big. Yeah, you're yeah. big all over. So I, I I feel like that would do very well in that country, and especially like. Uh, maybe like a pro wrestling Noah or an all Japan. Um, yeah. They don't have a lot I, of guys. There. I know. I know Jay's been in Japan before. Jay's been around the block. He's done. He was in WWE impact. Um, Noah. Believe it or not. And I, sorry to interrupt you, but I know Jay back when he was uh, wrestling in the early days, when they would bring him out from Chicago to the pro wrestling gorilla shows out here in SoCal. So he would come out with uh, CM Punk and Colt Cabana. Adam Pierce was already out here, and uh, he was a very, very young Jay Bradley back then. And uh, I, I, I feel like I got to watch his maturation process because he was out here. He was working. Um, he was also working with Dave Marquez at the time, who was doing like a uh, like a New Japan USA TV show. And we're talking like in two thousand four, two thousand three. Yeah. 
So I, I got to see early Jay Bradley, and then I think back then we were calling him Brad Bradley. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's he has been all over the world, and people don't really know that. And I think that's yeah, yeah. Name because it's like, oh, this dude is kind of legit, man. He's kind of been everywhere. Like, yeah, put some respect on that dude's name. Oh, know? absolutely, WWE Impact. Uh, Noah, uh, New Japan, and potentially all Japan. OV, uh, OVW, he was a trainer at OVW for a little bit. Like, he has been all over. So, what, what do you say? You can take the uh, show on the road? You guys head to uh, Japan next year? What's going on? Sure, I would love to. You know, I, th- I think the fixers would be over in Japan. <laughs> There's, I mean, like, look, there's a lot of, uh, I started thinking of guys who are big, right? I think of like uh, Jeff Cobb. He's a, he's a big guy, but he's not, he's not as big as you, right? No, he, no, no. He, he's, he's, he's a stocky dude. He's like one of the strongest guys in wrestling, but he's sure. more of a, like, from what I heard, I've, um, I've never wrestled him, but I've heard freak strength, but he's not that big. He's like, you know, two set five ten, five eleven, two seventy, like stocky powerhouse. Yeah. But I don't know of any like real huge guys in Japan anymore. Yeah, I'm thinking, and I, I'm drawing a blank too. You know, like Lance Archer has been there. You know, um, I'm not, I don't think he's over there now. Um, Bad luck, Fale. Like he's he, he's big. He's big, but but besides that, I can't think of any like huge guys, like especially like that are similar to the size of like the all Japan guys from 1990 to 1997. No. You know, and we so, we kind of fit that build. Yeah, that's and that's kind of where I like you know look I don't I don't book anything, but that's where I kind of see you guys slotting in. It would be like all Japan, but. Um, because we're getting towards the end of the show, I just want to, I'm curious, like who would you like to step into the ring against now? Like give me a tag team you'd like to face or give me some single wrestlers you'd like to, to, to test your medal against. Would you ever want to wrestle against your partner, Jay Bradley? Nah, who I, who I want to wrestle. You brought it up before the Dudley boys team 3d. That'd be dope. So I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Dudley Boys, uh, Team 3D, and uh, La Rebellion. They, uh, they're the tag champs, so we want the, world, the NWA World Tag Team title. So that's a natural. Uh, that's so a Team 3D is the dream match, and La Rebellion is the uh, NWA match. What about anybody on the indies that maybe uh, some of our viewers don't know about? Is there a wrestler or a tag team you'd want to spotlight, just let them have an opportunity to step in the ring with you to give them, give them a rub, if you will. Hmm. Hmm. I'm drawing a blank right now. Well, La Rebellion, I think, uh, Wow, they would certainly be at a size deficit against you guys. Oh yeah, uh, they definitely have speed on you though. But man, uh, that would be an interesting. You know, when they say uh, uh, different styles make the the match, I think that would be one of those instances where you have two big, big bruisers against two cruisers. Basically, I think that'd be yeah. a very interesting matchup. Yeah, and uh, who? I would want on the Indies one on one is a guy named uh, Trax. He's out of Philadelphia. Okay. Um, he's wrestled for Battleground Championship Wrestling before. Um, Battleground is run out of the ECW Arena, so they do shows every like three or four months. Run out of ECW Arena. He was in OVW back in the day. Um, he was one. He wasn't signed, but. Uh, uh, Trax has actually had a couple of uh, NWA matches. Yeah, yeah. A couple of matches, but uh, 
he needs a bigger spotlight. And I think me wrestling him will put that spotlight on. That's cool. Um, and I think me, uh, my rival um, in the Northeast is, uh, is uh, Adam Kerr. He's actually, <laughs> we've had a couple of matches. Uh, he's uh, actually won them all. He's like my size. Um, we, we used to be a tag team called the Meat Locker. And at the time, we were the biggest tag team in wrestling uh, before we split up. And uh, I think more people need to know about him. Big athletic guy, and uh, yeah, but I think we our match needs to be done on a bigger stage, and I also need to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some receipts coming, I guess. He he, he sure, certainly does. All right, the last thing I'm going to ask you about, and then we'll call it a night. And I do appreciate your time. Um, the you, you mentioned Battleground. What was it like it being a part of the Triple Threat with you, Ray Jazz? And Shane Douglas, uh, pretty pretty cool moment for you, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were uh, we were the new triple threat. I mean, that alone, the entrance alone, like that's one of those things we were talking about before. It's a moment. You know, there's different moments, and that's a moment. And you know, the ECW arena. I mean, it's called the twenty three hundred arena now, but it's the ECW arena. It's always going to be the like ECW just, arena. Yeah. Just the entrance, the everything. All, those were just tremendous moments, and it's like something you can't replace. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, I, again, thank you so much for taking your time to speak with us tonight here on the sessions with Jay Cal. Uh, we, like I said, that's that's all we do here is talk NWA. We talk a lot about the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators in the Northeast, and you know we're buddies with Rick Del Santo who covers. Uh, the pro wrestling zone podcast has a lot of Northeast coverage too. So uh, we're very yeah. happy to have you on and, and, and just talk some wrestling. Um, what's next for you? I know you said you've got the, the dog event on the 23rd, which is a private show for um, the students at Rowan university, but what else do you have coming up the pike? All right. Uh, Thursday's the Rowan show for dog. The Rowan event. Yes. The Rowan event. I was, I was about to get you on that one, but you got yourself, so good on you. Friday is UFO Wrestling in Everett, Mass. And Saturday is Tetsu Pro um, in Bristol, Connecticut. I'm wrestling Troy Stevens. Uh, I I used to train with him uh, at that first school. Um, he's, he's also really good as well. Um, he's someone that I think people need to – no more. And then um, next week, I'm uh, making my de debut for SWF in New Jersey, uh, Friday and Saturday in New Jersey. And then Sunday, um, tagging with Lucky Ali, who's wrestled for uh, American uh, New Japan, uh, New Japan Strong before against the Ugly Ducklings for Catalyst Wrestling. So I mean, man, that's great. It sounds like you're working quite a bit. So that's that's great. Yep. And March 11th, um, Northeast Wrestling uh, in Waterbury, Connecticut. Don't know who I'm wrestling there. And March 18th, uh, Battleground against Alpha Junior. Oh, that's an, so that's another big yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, folks can follow you on Facebook and on Twitter at Wrecking Ball 75. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. And the Instagram is Wrecking underscore Ball underscore Ligurski. L E G U R S K Y. Do a lot of people. Wanted to, someone, else, someone else did Wrecking Ball 75 on Instagram. So I was kind of pissed about that. Do a lot of people get Ligurski spelled wrong? Because like I'm horrible at spelling, but that's just so easy for me to spell Ligurski. Did yeah, you know? no, people are able to figure it out. I mean, generally in wrestling, you should have like, a, um, you know, an easy to remember or easy to spell name, but somehow saying Ligurski doesn't sound like it'd be easy, but you just sound it out and you it's know it works. It's a throwback to the 80s, man. I love it. It's 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 good. 
Yeah, no, that's exactly uh, that's exactly what it uh, was intended to do. It sounds it sounds like uh, one of those old school football names. Yes, exactly, exactly. And now on your defensive line or O line, Ligurski, seven five. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, I do appreciate your time. I, I won't keep you any longer. Best of luck to uh, for all the matches that are coming up in the in the coming weeks, and uh, looking forward to seeing you, uh, you know, very soon. Hopefully on a pay per view uh, in April with the NWA. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You have a good night. You too. Take care. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.